so much for joining me today. Very grateful that you said yes. (laughs) Well, I'm happy to share my little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So we're here today to talk about centering prayer. And um, I'm in a group with Siobhan um, where we meet up once a week um, to do centering prayer. So I asked Siobhan, I think it's amazing. I'm just saying this on for whoever's listening. <laughs> I think it's amazing for really why I was drawn to it was because of the silence in it. And even though there are a lot of um, teachings from Father Thomas Keating, I don't think you really necessarily need them. Like I think the practice of centering prayer is just like enough and anything else is kind of extra. But one of the reasons why I was drawn to it was just the silence you know, so even like when I asked you to join, you said you don't really like getting into your head about things. And sometimes non-duality teachings can seem like there's a bit too many words involved. And I totally understand that. And there's many people who would feel like that. So that's why I think centering prayer is amazing because it's really encouraging us to just be totally, totally silent. Um, so yeah, I don't know so- if you'd like to share like maybe what brought you to centering prayer and or you don't have to say that or even just what it is just to share with whoever is listening yeah I'll give a little bit about where I came from and where I come from I'm a very ordinary housewife a mother recently a granny um I was brought up Catholic and as I said to you before the interview um I'm a, I'm a I was a just in case Catholic I really mm-hmm. I just just in case um didn't know anything about having a relationship with God. God was there for me to go to when I was in trouble and to say the odd thank you to. I did go to mass and brought the kids up Catholic, but really I was only stopped in my tracks and brought to my senses when my mom died in 1994. And that's when I started to think, what's this life all about? It can't be just about the material things. Mm. Um, So I was pushed straight away into finding books, books on prayer. I desperately knew I wanted to see her again and I wanted to die how she died with wonderful faith, just letting Mm. everything go at the end. I couldn't understand how someone at 72 could go that easily. So yeah, I started prayer courses. And I remember at the end of the first prayer course, going up to the person and saying, what now? He'd given me a method, but you know what, what now? And he just said, just go and do it. Mm. and I yeah I tried I tried I eventually found a really good priest this is way back in the 90s now still um Father Paddy Cusack who was a Jesuit who taught me Ignatian contemplation which is using my mind and maybe taking a scene in the bible or maybe getting into the boat with Jesus Mm. and having an imaginary conversation with him I found that really good so that was my Mm. introduction getting to know Jesus that the sounds kind of nice. It sounds kind of almost like a prayer or something. It is. Yeah, it's Ignatian. It? it is prayer. It is. There. You sit with Jesus. And yeah, it's a form of prayer. Yeah, very real. Um, yeah. And definitely you build up a relationship with this, to me, a very kind, um, compassionate, divine, mm. but very human God. That's what I came to know through that. Um, and that course, actually, I was introduced to what I now know as centering prayer. Father Paddy was an elderly priest and he started to teach us this method of silent prayer mm. and where you just would let everything go, let the thoughts go. And yeah, I loved it, but the course ended and mm. I couldn't keep it up. I, I was, there was definitely a grow there and a draw for me to go and find out more about it, but I lost it because I had no group to practice with. Mm-hmm. Of course, ended. So that stayed, and that we're still way back at the beginning of the two thousands. I would think, you know, we're still mm-hmm. uh, that sort of grow stayed with me. But I went back to my other form of vocal prayer and getting into the boat with Jesus mm-hmm. and watching Jesus on the mountain. I remember once actually sitting and taking a scene from the Bible, but I say Jesus went off on his own to pray, mm-hmm. and I decided I close my eyes and imagine watching him, mm-hmm. and found a very contemplative Jesus. Mm. And I wondered what his relationship was with his father. For me at that time, God the Father was still to be feared, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I grew up with, the one who was looking at me, a bit like a, you know, a guard. Jesus was something totally different to me. But I remember after that thinking, 
who is it you were praying to there Jesus yeah. and gradually then in the next few years just began to realize I wanted more silence hadn't a clue how to do it didn't know I tried different forms of meditation I went to Buddhist meditation there was too much technique involved in those there was placing mm. your tongue here and concentrating there's a lot of concentration that I really didn't like it kept my mind too busy mm. and then eventually in I'm getting there 2008 is when I found centering prayer mm. so, many years ago <laughs> 14 years ago nearly uh, I just saw an ad didn't know what it was silent prayer and after the first session I thought oh this is what father Paddy taught me 10 years ago nearly mm. and I loved it straight away so what is centering prayer mm. to know about centering prayer you need to know just a little bit about contemplative prayer contemplative prayer is an ancient form of Christian meditation dating right back to the third and fourth century to the time of Jesus even as I said before, I never knew about a relationship with God. To me, it was like I'm going with my list. Now, the relationship was growing up with Jesus, but this prayer is where your, your relationship with God has got so deep. And it's the God who's within us, the divine. That relationship has got so deep that you're communing with him beyond thoughts, beyond words, beyond mm. emotion. Mm. You're sitting with the divine and you're opening yourself up. It's a pure gift. Contemplative mm. prayer is a pure gift. You can't just sit down and do it. Mm. And the reason you can't just sit down and do it is because we have the busy mind that's mm. swirling around. And also we have this barrier. There are barriers and behaviors within us that have developed over years that are just preventing us from being aware of this deep divine. Mm. And so that's contemplative prayer. Centering prayer is a stepping stone to bring you to that gift of contemplative prayer. Is centering prayer like, because when you're talking about contemplative prayer, I feel like that is centering prayer, but is centering prayer more like a method that reaches you to contemplative prayer? Because there is a kind of something like, if your mind comes up, you actually kind of do something in a way to yeah. come back. Yeah. Centering prayer is the method. It's one of the stepping okay. stones um, when you're in, there's no knowing when you move from centering prayer to contemplative prayer. Yeah, it's kind During of like the means and the end are the same or something, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is centering prayer is a prayer. Yeah. Um, you might sit for 20 minutes in centering prayer and be in contemplative prayer and not know anything about it for a minute. Mm. It's, the, it's the same. It's, it's just centering prayer. Contemplative prayer is a deeper form. It's prayer beyond thoughts, beyond words, beyond emotions. So... Certainly when I sit in centering prayer, the thoughts are there and, and that's mm. fine. It's a prayer. Yeah. So centering prayer was developed in the 70s by three wonderful monks um, in America. The main one being Father Thomas Keating, Basil, Pe Basil, Basil Pen Pennington and William Menninger are the other two. But Thomas Keating is one that centering prayer, um, contemplative outreach Ireland and contemplative outreach follow he are they seeing people walking past their monastery and going up to the local buddhist center or whatever to learn to meditate mm. talk to themselves hey we have that um the problem is we had that form of prayer for centuries but it got lost in around the 16th century people started to use their minds more in prayer mm. christians did so obviously Thomas Keating, the, these three monks are Trappist monks and they have been doing that form of prayer since they entered the monastery, I presume. And they're now they're all dead actually, but they were in mm. their mid-70s when they started. Mm. This they just devised a method. They said, we know how to do this prayer. Let's teach the Christians. Initially, they were teaching priests, nuns, and they've spread it out. And, and so it's now been prayed by everybody and anybody mm. around the world to learn this method. Yeah. A very simple method of prayer, and that's how they came up with a method. And they, Thomas Keating, set up Contemplative Outreach in America, which is an organization. The whole aim of it is to spread this form of prayer mm -hmm. and to show that there is this form of Christian prayer mm -hmm. out there. Um, so that's where, it's, yeah, so the monks then 
they developed the method and spread spread it out. So as a form of, okay, it's also based on an ancient book or a book from the 14th century called The Cloud of Unknowing. Mm -hmm. And this was written by an unknown author um, in England. They think it was a monk writing to his student. It could have been a woman, but I've heard more recently that it's written in very masculine form and it is. Mm -hmm. that it, 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 so it's written and it's a very, very practical book and um, really, you know, in detail how to do this prayer and how to deal with your thoughts. Mm. Um, it's also based, it goes right back to the time of Jesus. When Jesus was asked by his disciples, how should we pray? In Matthew 6, 6, he says, if you want to pray, go to your inner room, shut the door and pray to your father in secret or your Abba in secret. Mm. And the father who sees you in secret will reward you. Mm. Even the first sentence, if you want to pray, that means not the way I used to pray. If you want to go with your grocery list to God, mm. if you want to pray, if you want to deepen that relationship with God, yeah. go to your inner room. In Jesus's time, there were no big fancy houses. So the inner room referred to the room of the heart. Go to your inner room, go inside, shut the door is a, or in some translations, it says bolt the door. And mm. that's a reference to letting go of your thoughts. Close yeah. your eyes, let your thoughts go. No need to get rid of them. Just let go of your thoughts mm. and pray to your Abba in secret. And this is the God who dwells within us, the divine indwelling. Mm -hmm. Again, I grew up with the term or being told that I was the temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm. find that a very cold it was a scary thing for me to think that I was the temple of the Holy Spirit so I had yeah. to be pure and clean and oh, yeah the divine indwelling to me mm. says it all it's mm. somebody kind compassionate mm. so pray to your Abba in secret and your Abba who sees in secret who rewards you and the reward is that you get to know him him yeah. her I, I, I refer to God the divine, the divine indwelling, usually it's mm. him. It's not that I see God as a him, it's just I have to use something. I actually mm. see him with a, a very compassionate mother's heart. Yeah. yeah. So, and the reward um, is like that we, just that we feel him right here, <laughs> you know, because especially maybe in lots of religions, but in Christianity, um, it's kind of like that God is out there or up there or like somewhere outside of us, you know. So like when yeah, we go to our perfect. inner room, that's what we find is like that actually God is right here in our heart. And that's like yeah. the best reward. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Um, so <laughs> do I want to read at this stage? I just wanted to say something just for yeah. clarification, even though I think you've said it, but just saying it. Like, because it can kind of sound almost like a doing, you know, like, so that I'm going to sit down and pray, you know, and specifically in Christianity, like often prayer is like that you're reciting something, you know, like Hail Mary or I don't know, saying some kind of prayer, you're saying something. But I experience and you say now if it's different, but really centering prayer. And this is one of the reasons why I was very drawn to it is really that you're not doing anything you're actually it's an opportunity for you to leave aside everything uh, so it's an opportunity to actually leave aside everything and not do anything so even though it's called prayer we're actually we're not praying for something or asking for anything and I love when you described and maybe you'd say when you say like when you're doing centering prayer like even if the image of Jesus appears to you that that's also a thought like any, really any, um, yeah, I, anything of the senses, like an itch, you know, you have an itch on your leg that can be considered a thought. And it's just like, that's, this is not the time for that. Our time yeah. of centering prayer is to just, it's like almost like a time of rest and it's a time to just be, and we're not even waiting for anything or wanting anything. And if we're, if we feel, even if we feel the sense of wanting something, that's also a thought. So it's not the time for that, like just in this 20 minutes or however yeah. much you decide to do so even though it's called prayer which we often maybe might associate with doing something this type of prayer is really uh, not doing anything exactly what you've said I am um, yes so I'm back in the inner room right before I go to the, go 
called going to the floor. Yeah, yeah. So who do we meet in the inner room? As I said, this, um, the Abba, I love the image of God as um, the father and the prodigal son story in the Bible, mm. in Luke's gospel, where he has two, the father has two sons and one asks for his share of the money, the younger son, and goes off and spends it all and has a great life. And of course, there's loads of friends until the money runs out and then he comes to his senses. And the line that I love is, so the father has been obviously waiting for the son to come back. Mm. Um, it's while he was still a long way off, the father saw him coming, ran to greet him and embraced him. Mm. And that to me is the God that meets me in my inner room. It's no matter what state I come in in. And I'm usually rushing in to sit down and do my half hour. Mm. I'm here and he's just there ready to embrace me so it's to me that's a beautiful image but I was going to read um just a little bit of um from Open Mind Open Heart which is one of Thomas Keating's books and he talks about so we're in the inner room mm -hmm. and says we surrender to the attraction of interior silence tranquility and peace we do not try and try to feel anything reflect about anything Without effort, without trying, we sink, we sink into this presence, letting everything else go by. Let love alone speak. This presence is immense, yet so humble, awe-inspiring, yet so gentle, limitless, yet so intimate, tender, and personal. I know that I am known. Everything in my life is transparent in this presence. It knows everything about me, all my weakness, brokenness, sinfulness, and still loves me infinitely. This presence is healing, strengthening, refreshing. It is non-judgmental, self-giving, seeking no reward, boundless in compassion. It's like coming home to a place I never should have left, to an, aw an awareness that was somehow always there but which I did not recognize. I cannot force this awareness or bring it, bring it about. A door opens within me, but from the other side. We wait patiently in silence, openness and quiet attentiveness, motionless within and without, without, without. <laughs> we surrender to the attraction to be still, to be loved, just to be. So with this prayer, we come to know God experientially mm. and with a heart knowledge, not a head knowledge. Mm. And I suppose up, up to me finding centering prayer and even until recently that God I knew was very much in my head. Mm. But you come to know the God in the heart. Yeah. So that's from a Thomas Keating book. Um. <laughs> So I suppose the method is really, I'll speak a little bit about it, will I? Or, yeah, that would be yeah. good because I think it's very kind of practical and to hear about how it's done, <laughs> you could say it's like anyone can just start it right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When we, when, when I went to my first class, we were told, you know, go home now and start practicing. And yeah. I loved right from the beginning. I loved it. Yeah. Um, so as I say, Thomas Keating, Basil Pennington and um, William Manager came up with four very simple guidelines. Mm. First thing to say about the prayer is it's a prayer of intention. And the thing is, you're intending to sit with the divine within for the next 20 minutes, let's say. So mm. it's a prayer of intention. And once you sit down and have that intention in action, you're in prayer. Yeah. And your mind is going to go all over the place. It doesn't matter your intention is to be there. Yeah. So it's a prayer of intention and a prayer of consent because you're consenting to this God within. Mm. You're consenting to God's presence and action within. Mm. And the action bit is important. I'll talk about that later. But mm -hmm. Because action, <laughs> things happen yeah. <laughs> in life as, as we do this prayer. So the first guideline is you choose a word and we call it a sacred word. It can be anything. It can be your word for God. It can be peace, love, but a short word. Choose a word as a symbol of your intention 
to consent to God's presence and action within. Mm -hmm. So you select a word. Second guideline is sitting comfortably, eyes closed, feet on the ground, the usual way, hands on your knees perhaps, and sitting straight. Mm -hmm. Sit and you silently introduce sacred word. Mm -hmm. And as you say that word, what you're saying, my word is peace. I say peace. What I'm actually saying is, okay, here I am now, God, for the next 20 minutes. I'm here with intention. I want to be here. I mm. consent to your presence and action within you. Yeah. Third guideline. When thoughts arise, and thoughts obviously do arise, mm. you return ever so gently to the sacred word. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll come back to that. And then the fourth one is at the end of the prayer time, sit quietly for a moment or two in in prayer or just just say it somebody told a story that it, it's like when you do something in a microwave for 15 minutes and they say to let it rest for the next yeah. minute because things mm -hmm. still happen on those loud so it really is just to sit and bring yourself quietly back to the world again mm -hmm. um another thing to say about the form prayers we don't you mentioned about prayer it's it's not your typical wordy prayer obviously it's mm -hmm. not it's not a time to pray for other people it's a time mm -hmm. to sit and open yourself to God I suppose I spent so many years doing the vocal prayers poor old God it's God's sake mm -hmm. of hearing me it's a time for God it's mm -hmm. a time for you to be silent they mm -hmm. say God's first language is silence and so the God who's hidden within just just can't communicate anything really to us except in silence and and mm. if we think we know god we don't if you think you've got him in a nutshell you don't because mm. anything you think god is god is not mm. you know purely just, just because you think because like yeah. thinking is an idea <laughs> yeah yeah and that's not so where god lives yeah mm. you have your word as your symbol of your intention to consent you sit as the thoughts arise, and the thoughts do arise. And as you said earlier, Amber, a thought can be anything from a memory, internal dialogue, uh, an emotion, self-reflection. You know, they're saying, oh, this is lovely. You know, yeah. to let it go. Uh, a sense perception, a niche, a scratch. Mm. Um, anything like that is a thought. You could get an image, an image of when you think it's God walking towards you. You just let it go. So the third guideline when engaged with your thoughts, return ever so gently to your sacred word. Mm. There's a difference between being engaged with your thoughts and having a thought. I mean, yeah. thoughts are always there. Thomas Keating refers to them as being like clouds in the sky or boats on the river. Mm. And you're sitting on the river's side, maybe feet dipping in the water, and that's where you want to be, and boats are going by. If you let them go by, they'll go by. But if you decide to jump on board one that's where you're engaged you've grabbed the thought yeah. and it can be like a habit for us you know like even when we're sitting in um centering prayer like you're you're sitting with that intention and maybe for a while it's very quiet and then just almost like an energetic thing like we our attention gets like can get totally pulled into thought you know and then maybe we've been like totally engaged with thought for like a minute before even that we recognize that you've been totally engaged because it's such a habit for us and mm -hmm. then like as soon as we notice like it's not that we have to beat ourselves up for being engaged for like the last minute it's just like to just come back to the word you just say the word and that's kind of reaffirming our intention that this is what I'm committed to in this time I'm here to be silent yeah, that's it. yeah. yeah. there's no beating up there's no yeah. at the end of the 20 minutes you might think oh holy god you know that was just awful all I did was <laughs> turn to the word but yeah. Thomas Keith says every time you return to the word you're returning to your divine within so if you've yeah. do it a thousand times isn't it lovely you've returned to your word you've returned yeah. to the divine within. Mm. and there's no um no assessing the prayer at the end you just get up and get on with your day there's yeah. no great that was not great you don't know what has gone on inside mm. you have opened yourself to God's presence and action mm. so God is working on us whether we know it or not. Mm. Um, you don't know what's gone on, is what I'm saying. You just mm. get up and go on with your day. And we literally don't know how to assess. Because even if we if some kind of assessing happened, it would just be more thoughts. <laughs> I, 
yeah so <laughs> just no no assessing Excellent. Um, mm-hmm. and and he he also compares like the thoughts he talks about music and so just basically to learn to let the thoughts go yeah. you know they're there they are there just let them go he's yeah he said it's, it's sometimes it's like you're if you're in the supermarket shopping and there's music playing in the background you're there mm-hmm. to get your groceries music's there when you come out of the supermarket if someone says what was playing in there chances are you'll say I have a clue it was there mm. it, you know it, it's so similar to that just let it go and they, they'll keep going um, the work that goes on I said earlier that we can't just do contemplative prayer which is which is the deeper part of centering prayer where we're mm. praying beyond thoughts that's um, when we're really or what I'm taking from that when you say it is that that's when we're really become more kind of quiet and silent and thoughts aren't really appearing or they're really not we're not getting engaged with them at all but we're, you can really feel the presence in your being I don't know again if you're feeling your presence maybe maybe that's a thought I don't know yeah. as I yeah but it well, is it's just... not it's not like because your presence yeah. is here if you're alive you know otherwise you wouldn't be conscious so I'm really clear about that that like our presence is here and it's not a thought like and I thought you meant you're feeling God's presence or well if you're thinking you... if you're thinking it's God's presence yeah. if there's thoughts about like even oh, whose presence it is then there's thoughts present but yeah. literally when you're just present God is here but you're not yeah. thinking it in those moments you know, but yeah. there is like what you read at the beginning. I don't know if you'd read it again, but you said something like about knowing, like that knowing is very clear or something like that. Um, in context, when you were saying something about contemplative prayer. So because that presence is kind of knowing itself. You can read it again if you have it there. It, is it, what is it the extract from? It was something, about, that- it was something about contemplative prayer that you read. No, the only thing I've read is, is from Open Mind, Open Heart. Okay. It was that no, something so- at the very beginning and there was something about kind of when you're just silent, then knowingness is just here. Something he said, something like that. <laughs> I can't remember what I said. <laughs> yeah. um, in terms of well, what I said of contemporary prayers, that it's prayer beyond thoughts, beyond words, yeah. beyond... Yeah. Um. So yeah, so going back to, I was saying we can't just sit and do contemplative prayer because of our busy mind. So the method mm. of prayer, centering prayer helps us deal with that. Mm. But also because we have these barriers, we're little bundles of emotions inside and these mm. barriers prevent us from drawing close mm. to the divine within. And so during the practice of, of centering prayer, these barriers or these barriers get dealt with by by the divine um and and these are just behaviors that we've built from early childhood from when our basic needs our needs for safety and our needs for love and affection our needs for power and control weren't dealt with properly by our parents and it's not that we were abused in any way but no parent can be a perfect 100% their parent mm. so when these little needs and may, some of them obviously may have been a lot bigger, but once even our smaller needs aren't dealt with as children, we build these compensatory behaviors. So we start mm. to stamp our feet or we'll, you know, mm. beat someone up or depending on the character sort of person you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's all very well, but until you come to adulthood and you're still doing these things, you're still stomping out of the office or you're still mm. demanding your staff to do. And these are behaviors that are within us that are obviously not very attractive. And it's by practicing this prayer, they become noticed by you. Yeah. I never set out to, uh, and Thomas calls these our emotional programs for happiness. And yeah. with, once this prayer happens, once we're doing this prayer, those emotional programs begin to become dismantled. Yeah. Now, I never dismantle my emotional programs for happiness. You told me that mm. in 2008. I left, I think, because I thought, no, there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. But you begin to see yourself as you practice this prayer mm. regularly. And he does say every day, he does say every day for 20 minutes, twice yeah. a day. Yeah. And that, you know, and, the, and there's a reason for it. it because it's 
the work is continuously hap happening. Mm. Um, and so you just begin to see yourself in a different way. You also realize that you're loved exactly as you are, which is because it's kind of cultivating our awareness or something, isn't it? You know, like so all of that, like emotional programs for happiness are kind of the way our, our mind works and the way we usually relate in the world when we're not into mm -hmm. prayer or meditation or anything. So like by yeah. choosing to do centering prayer, we're actually stepping into the more kind of uh just silent part of ourselves so we're not kind yeah. of feeding that anymore so usually we'd be totally kind of engaged and feeding those emotional programs for happiness but we're just kind of choosing to step back a little bit so we can become a bit more aware and if we're not feeding them then they can't continue because they're not really needed anymore like yeah. the way I think well, you just said that yeah, as well like Thomas says that that, that our our behaviors and our emotions are like interlocking cogs. Mm. And so someone presses your button and your mm. behaviors and your emotions just go off into orbit and the, the yeah. little tape in the head goes off and, and on it goes. And through the practice of this prayer, and mm. because during the prayer we let go of our thoughts, it's not a pushing them away, it's a very gentle let go of our thoughts. That letting go starts to spill over into our everyday life mm. I think that's the first thing I noticed and only little things but mm. just letting go and so we begin to let go of those silly old tapes in the head yeah. and it um without really having to I'm not saying I should do this I'm mm. now saying I want to do this because yeah. God accepts me exactly as I am which is quite incredible yeah you know back to the the prodigal son coming home and the father there waiting and that's the mm -hmm. god who accepts you exactly as you are and so yeah in the past i would have been had made a list up during lent of all the things i should do yeah. and were impossible and they were mm -hmm. i hate it you know whereas now certainly nowhere near sainthood yeah. <laughs> but letting go very gently it's all a very the centering prayer process and the centering prayer what happens is really gentle yeah. certainly for me I have met a really gentle God who knows me better than I know myself yeah. you know knows that I'll get stressed if and so I'm cajoled along um I really have to say that I like that I don't know what words to put but a few things like the wholeness of centering prayer that it's not totally focused on well, it kind of is, <laughs> but like some spirituality is totally focused on only looking towards God. And there's no talk about the emotional programs for happiness or our, our kind of life stuff. And that like yeah. it is important that that gets somehow dismantled, because if it doesn't, then we just keep going back to it all the time because it's such a bad yeah. habit, you know. And also that's one thing. And the other thing is, like you said, like that there's kind of like no rush like you're meeting a really gentle God, like, and I feel like centering prayer, it's not like in, in some spiritualities, you know, it's like we need to look towards this inner God in our heart and, and just kind of push everything aside and almost like a rush to recognize this God. And that's everything, you know, and yeah. it's, I feel like this approach, like of centering prayer is, just so gentle and loving and all-inclusive and embracing and there's no need to push everything aside but just acknowledge that it just it's just happening by itself and of course we couldn't do it anyway and also mm. acknowledging acknowledging that but like through our choosing to sit in centering prayer for like 20 minutes twice a day or whenever we do or whenever we can that it's just um yeah we're just kind of open to whatever god decides yeah. should happen yeah so if god wants yeah. to keep our emotional programs for happiness that's okay it's not up for us to say if it's time for it to go or not you know but just like we're yeah. kind of it's really like a it's like a total like surrendering and a very soft kind of surrendering like the way you said like you meet a very gentle god like there's no uh no uh what's the word kind of manipulation or or rush or force or anything like that it's so just quiet and peaceful and at our own pace and yeah I, and I just love yeah. the inclusivity of it like includes kind of all of all of of life yeah, yeah. um two things I suppose yeah the, I'll have to remember the second one and 
but the first thing you said about the psychology that's what I loved as well and not that I'm big into psychology but I love the mm -hmm. fact that Thomas Keating took psychology I mean on board it isn't just as you say a prayer and he like it's acknowledged to, yeah so psychology yeah. and science would have been big into and yeah. yeah the unconscious as he said it's we've only known about it for 100 years yeah. but just that that whole unloading of the unconscious as, yeah. as he said um yeah I loved that the other thing is the you're you're saying it's a, it's um I don't know what word you use, but the word that came to me was effortlessness. That's mm. to me yeah. what centering prayer is. It's effortlessness. Yeah. The problem is I try to be effortless when I'm doing it sometimes. Oh, yeah. Uh, but um yeah, it's just it is things <laughs> it just happen. You sit, you yeah. sit, and an intention mm. and let it all happen. Mm. And it's not like I remember being on a retreat once and somebody saying to me, I didn't sign up because we were watching a DVD of Thomas Keating and mm. he was talking about this unloading of the unconscious, mm. as he called it. And this girl said to me, I didn't sign up for this. You know, I just mm. want to pray. And, you know, I said, well, I didn't initially either, but I can see it happening in me now. And certainly mm. nothing terrible has mm. erupted. Um, and I think... God won't show you anything that you're not able for. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, and I just want to say as well, like, even though it's from the Christian tradition, I suppose, like, I grew up in Ireland, so I probably have that in my being as well. But I don't feel like you would really have to be into Christianity at all to appreciate it and to enjoy it, you know, like, because I don't think you'd have to, you know, sometimes in our meetings at least we might read like psalms but psalms aren't particularly christian anyway <laughs> i don't think but we might read psalms or we might mention some kind of christian things but i don't know i don't think it really i think it's more about the silence and just yeah. like your commitment to silence really it's like yeah. that sitting is a commitment to silence and a commitment to yourself and an opportunity like you said an opportunity to recognize all those um false things that we've been buying into for so long but for this time we're choosing okay I'm not going to buy into that I'm going to be in my inner room so it's yeah. even though it is in the Christian tradition it doesn't you don't have to be into Christianity no no as I said in the very beginning Thomas Keating developed the method to help priests nuns religious and then spread it out and one of his final DVDs I'd seen on retreat he really said um to have a, a higher being is you know you're praying yeah. to, or you're connecting with something your spark within even yeah. that but yeah, yeah. there has so, to be no, some yeah. I, I think you'd have to believe in well, there might have to be some kind of openness like an like it's like my teacher says as well like the kind of fundamental thing that's needed if you come to satsang he says is an openness and what that means is like just to be open to the possibility that you yeah. are something beyond your mind and your stories so yeah. it's a very similar thing like to just be open that there's something else here that maybe we haven't considered you know it can be any yeah. kind of openness at all yeah like he does say it's not a technique because mm. century, if, if it's a technique you're looking for something you're looking to improve something in you or you know it's definitely not a technique it's not something yeah. that you're it's not a relaxation method there yeah. you know not it is a prayer it well in Christ, we we and i like to call it prayer as opposed to meditation yeah. mm. because it, to me it is prayer um yeah. but meditation it is too um prayer feels yeah. nice though it kind of has a different quality doesn't it and i almost just to even call it that it feels connected with the heart already somehow yeah <laughs> yeah 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 and as I said earlier, it's not a time to pray for others, but certainly if someone will say to me, oh, so-and-so is, is ill, or will you pray for them? They're already in my prayer. You know, it's, yeah. I sit down, they're there. Yeah. And even though I'm not calling them to mind, but it's, I brought them to the inner room. Yeah. And, and I suppose that last minute at the end where you sit in silence, that's when I will call that person to mind. Yeah. Um, but only for that, that minute. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it really is a prayer of, like initially we sit in consent and then that consent turns to surrender. Yeah. And then eventually 
it leads to our transformation. And as Christians, we're called to transformation into Christ, which yeah. I think is quite amazing. Yeah. Um, the quote that I love is, we, uh, I have it written down because we as mirrors reflect the glory of God are being transformed into the image we reflect. So we're a mirror reflecting his glory and we're transformed into that. So yeah. we're not, we're not God, but we're not not God. Yeah. We're not separate. The big thing, we're not separate. I always saw myself as separate until I started working on the relationship. We're not God. And that's, and that's not, I mean, yeah, I learned that through Anthony DeMello anyway, before yeah. I found, um, but that whole notion of the ocean and the wave. Yeah. But that's a huge thing, like, you know, to experientially feel because that's where I feel like at least that's where all our pain and suffering is really Definitely. is that in the belief of being separate from God really yeah. like that's yeah. what it comes back to yeah 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 it's huge uh, and with the prayer we just begin to trust more and more accept what is everything is happening for the greater good and mm. um, even even in tragedy, I'm blessed in that I haven't been struck mm. by tragedy yet. So mm. it's maybe easy for me to say that everything is as it should be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's. I love what you said. You said, I am, I'm not God, but I'm not not God. Possibly getting phone calls like that. <laughs> but no. Yeah, well, I know, no, but not, of course someone yeah. will have an argument with it, but there'll always be someone who has an argument, but it's true. No, but I am, but there's a fine spark in me, so I, there's a part of God. That's the bit I'm connecting to. Yeah. I, you know, in the beginning I said I was Siobhan and I was mother and a granny and a, and a wife. And you're all that as well. You're all I'm that as well. You're spark, more than that. Also. The spark that's going to go on and on. Yeah. You know, the spark that was there beforehand. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's very exciting. It is. It is very exciting. And that's what these kind of conversations are for, is to just reconnect to that inner spark um, and to inspire us to stay. I always feel like if I'm talking to anyone, you know, like to just nourish that spark in us in any way that we can. You know, like so that spark is there in all of us and maybe we have different ways of nourishing it. You know, mm. but I feel like centering prayer is like a really super duper great way <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah so I don't know about <laughs> contemplative outreach much you might know more so um well there's a website yeah is it all over the world contemplative oh, outreach? yeah it certainly it started in America and it spread to Europe it is in quite a number of countries around the world mm -hmm. its basic aim is to spread the method of centering prayer um, and we run retreats which are I didn't even mention that that really by going on the retreats that's where I really deepened my relationship because mm. you're there for seven eight days <coughs> immersed in silence which is yeah. the best people mm. look at me and say how do you do that I skip I love it and it yeah. is and when you experience silence it is the best yeah. Um, so Outreach, we have a website in Ireland, contemplativeoutreachireland.ie or just coi.ie. Maybe you'll add that to your yeah. notes. Mm -hmm. um, so, that, yeah, and there are prayer groups, our centering prayer groups. We're lucky, we have lots in Dublin, but they're all around Ireland. And that's what I was wondering. Know. Do you think that we're very lucky? Because when I looked up centering prayer groups, there seemed to be so many, like close. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So I, I don't know. know if it'll be like that for everyone, um, but no. there's every chance it might be. No. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I update the website and um, quite a few have gone during COVID, which is a pity, but there are, they are around the country and yeah. just keep an I'm eye thinking of people in other places in the world as well, though, because I think, I don't know how many if Irish people up, listen to this. <laughs> yeah. If they look up contemplativeoutreach.org, that'll bring them to the American website mm -hmm. and they might more there yeah. um so and one thing I wanted to say when I came to centering prayer 
I discovered it actually just when Thomas Keating died. So I think he died in, you'll know, sometime maybe October or November. 18, 2018. In 2018. Yep. So um, only when he passed away, then I started to discover what is centering prayer. And somewhere in my being, I just wanted to be with people who loved God. And then this appeared to me and I went to the groups and I really feel like I found that. You know, like I feel like the groups that I've been to that you I've been to two different groups and you're in both of them. But I feel like to just be in that presence. So, of course, to do the centering prayer in the presence of people who really I feel like they just really mean, it. you know, everyone who goes there. I feel like they really mean it. It's not like it's just an idea in their head or something like people are really they really mean it and they they love God. And I, I feel like I'm going and sitting with like what indians call sages or like the buddhists would call you know enlightened zen masters or something <laughs> that's how i feel like i'm sitting in a group of people like that you know and that's just like a great blessing and really what it just means is i'm sitting with people in silence and that's what that silence is you know like i so thought each one is like connecting to that silence within and to be in a group of that is like that in itself is amazing yeah well that's why I was saying when I was with Father Paddy way back and I, I dipped my toe into what I now know as centering prayer mm. I couldn't get up because the, to sit at home if I had you know if I was practicing this on my own I know I'd have given it up yeah. I feel like up because I'd be thinking I'm doing it wrong yeah. because it can't be prayer but yeah I'm involved in, in three different groups in Dublin and mm. um yeah sitting there and you get such encouragement and we're all at the same level yeah um there's no yeah I love that as a I love that that there's no uh hierarchy no structure that's what Uh, I love I love that as a you don't find that a lot in spirituality I haven't found it a lot but there's no hierarchy and everyone is I think that gives a kind of a an openness to everybody to really speak from their heart and to feel like we're really all equal you know and that's the case everywhere really but often people don't feel like that when they go and meet let's say someone who's presenting as a spiritual teacher or some people maybe just put themselves in a position as a student but in these kind of meetings where really there's no the silence is the teacher and that's within all of us so there's therefore there's no hierarchy and that's kind of precious I feel as that. And I'm glad you said that a teacher bit. I meant to say in the very beginning, I am not a teacher. Yeah. I am somebody who loves this prayer and who can see the effect it has had on my life. Yeah. The last 14 years, I have no little or no training in it. But it is just, it's a hard thing. Yeah. It's a hard thing. Yeah. Um, there's one other quote just on the very opening paragraph of Open Mind, Open Heart, where it says, contemplative prayer is the world in which God can do anything. To move into that realm is the greatest adventure. It's to be open to to the infinite and hence to infinite possibilities. Our private self-made worlds come to an end. A new world appears within and around us and the impossible becomes an everyday experience. And really silence is the only answer. Yeah. I think that's a good place to end. Silence is the only answer. (laughs) Is there anything else that you wanted to share before we finish? Oh, I think I think that's it really I really I just wanted to share the method give the background mm. and say that does change us not certainly in my case not in huge ways but in very mm. gentle ways mm. and I think the whole notion that you're accepted just as you are and loved just as you are and I go back to the prodigal father again just holding me and that's 
who I meet twice a day, sure. Why would you not? Yeah. And committing like twice a day, I feel like it also, it can't really only stay twice a day. (laughs) You know, like maybe that official practice of sitting on a chair is there twice a day, but at least I feel like it touches our lives at many other times throughout the day. Like we become just kind of more aware and that silence or that love, you know, kind of you just start to kind of notice it more like maybe you don't just jump into the story of your mind straight away like when it mm. appears or um or yeah also we're more kind of loving and accepting of our humanity and um, other people's more importantly and, other people's. <laughs> and other people's as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 so thank you so much for sharing about centering prayer i'm sure somebody who listens to it will get something from it at some point in time who knows that's not up to us yeah no the website is the place to yes to go doi.ie is the irish one Mm -hmm. templateofoutreach.org is the american one yeah and so you get a whole thing on the method of the prayer books that sort of thing but uh, certainly on the irish one the, the retreats we have around ireland because they are wonderful to go and do a weekend initially, a day even of silence, and then a weekend and then expand it out. They, that's, yeah. they are great. But the 20 minutes, 20 minutes once a day is for maintenance, twice a day is for transformation, according to Thomas Keaton. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Siobhan. You're welcome. And I'll see you tomorrow at our Centre in Prayer group. Yeah. <laughs> See you. Thanks, Okay. Cheers. Thanks, John.